guys doing all right? Come on, go ahead, stand up. We've come to give him praise this morning. As a church, we want to see his will in heaven be brought down to earth. That's what happens when he prays him, when he magnifies him. Come on, let's see.
lifted your name alone high in this place today. God, we love you, we praise you, we worship you this morning.
you for your faithfulness. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails. And all my days, I've been held in your hands. The moment that I wake up, till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. Juan, you go ahead, take it. subject of a, of a nationwide manhunt for him because his predecessor was jealous and was trying to he, he had so many assassination attempts just on David's life in and of itself before that he was a shepherd boy and I'm telling you all this because his story is important to the psalm that we're going to read here in a second it says Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need he lets me rest in green meadows he leads me besides peaceful streams he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I'm reading that to you this morning, and we're going to read it all together. But I just want to let you know, just like David, be finding yourself in a place of need. Let me tell you, he'll be all that you need. Be finding yourself needing some peace this morning. He's got the peace that you need. Be finding yourself walking through the darkest of valleys. You find yourself afraid. You find yourself anxious. He's the healing to your anxiousness. If you find that your body needs healing, he's the healing for your body right now. He's always close by. He's always comforting. So let's throw this up. I want you guys to read it with me. As an act of obedience, you're going to read it over yourselves, okay? Even if you don't believe it, you read it. The, the faith will come along. It says, 
The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. Now read this like you believe it. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. that you guys are joining us today, even though it's online. Uh, I have to tell you, I myself, I'm a little sad. I was joking with my brother today. I was like, I feel a little triggered. It feels like we're back in 2020. I don't like this feeling. <laughs> but uh, I hope that all of you are staying warm. And uh, again, we're glad that you are joining us uh, from your homes or wherever you're at. Uh, we just want to say again, if you're brand new with us and online, I want to encourage you to pull out your phone, text NEW, N-E-W, to the number on the screen so that we can get connected with you, get you plugged in to this church family. 
And then uh, the rest of you, like we say in the Northwoods app, pull out that connection card and let us know that you're with us. That's all the more so important today because we don't know who's with us. <laughs> so go ahead and make use of that connection card. And if you have any further questions about announcements today, something in the service, you need help, you need a prayer request, you can do all that right there in the connection card. Now, uh, many of you know that there were plenty of people that gave their lives to Christ during the Christmas production, which obviously we're still rejoicing in. We're very, very happy to hear. And if you're one of those that you gave your life to Christ just recently at the Christmas production or at another Sunday service, the next step for you is baptism. That's the pattern we see all throughout the New Testament and the scriptures, that when somebody put their faith in Christ, they were then baptized. And so if you're a new believer, we want to encourage you to sign up for baptisms. That's coming up on February 4th. We're going to have that right here. Uh, we're not, don't worry, we're not going out into the lake while it's frozen over, okay? Uh, we're going to do that right here in-house and celebrate with you as you declare publicly your commitment to Christ. And same thing for your kids. If you're uh, a parent and you have some young kids who, you know, they've been talking with you about Jesus or they invited Jesus into their heart, we actually have a baptism class for them on January 28th that will help teach them, make sure they understand uh, the choice that they're making, what baptism means, so that then when they come and get baptized, they can do so with understanding and put their faith in Christ publicly. All right? So adult, child, whatever, whoever you are, whatever your age, we want to encourage you, if you're a new believer, come get baptized. Okay? Sign up for that online. Then, many of you know we are about one week now through our 21-day fast, which, by the way, good job to all of you, okay? Uh, whatever your commitment before the Lord, I want to encourage you all again, it means something to Him, okay? Whatever your commitment is, whatever you've given up, whatever time you're spending, redirecting yourself to spend time with Jesus, it really does mean something to Him. It matters to the Lord, and so while you're on this journey, if you've fallen off at any point, get right back on. If you haven't joined us, uh, you can start now. That's a totally okay thing to do. And we have plenty of resources for you online. You go to northwoods.church slash refocus. That's where you can find the devotionals. You can find worship videos, prayer resources, tips on fasting. All that good stuff is there. And then uh, speaking of fasting, the thing we love to pair with fasting is prayer. Okay, which today you have people online that are ready and willing to pray with you for any need you may have. But coming up, mark this on your calendars, okay, January 19th from 6 to 9. We're going to be here on the Peoria campus in the Student Center to seek the Lord with a time of prayer and worship. And so I want to encourage all of you who call Northwoods home, make this a priority. Come out and be with us because the intent and the purpose behind this whole season of fasting is to lean into the Lord. So whatever you can do to rearrange your schedule, find a babysitter, you know, whatever it is, come out, join us. And you don't have to stay for the whole three hours. Uh, if you can come for an hour, you can come for 30 minutes, just come, just be in the presence of the Lord, lean into him. Uh, I, I know, 
I promise you, it's going to be a good time. I've never regretted spending extra time with the Lord, especially when we're gathered corporately. So put that on your calendar, come out and join us. And then lastly, last thing, and we're going to get into the word here. Last thing is giving. Uh, We just always want to say thank you for your consistent, your faithful, and your sacrificial giving. We just recognize that apart from your giving, ministry here, it doesn't happen. We want to be able to do it without your giving. So we just love to say thank you for all of you who do give as uh, you make that commitment before the Lord. We honor you in doing that. And if you are giving today, you can give uh, online, by text. You can mail something in if you want, (laughs) Uh, however that works best for you, okay? So that's all I got. So let me pray real quick as we prepare our hearts to jump into the Word. Father, I just say thank you uh, for each and every single person of our church family that's joined us today. And Lord, right now, we ask Holy Spirit that you would come into our homes, just invade our time right now as we hear the Word of God. We ask that you'd tenderize our hearts, that you'd give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us today. We invite you. We want you, Jesus. We want your presence. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you, Northwoods family. Well, good morning, church. It's a cold one out there this morning. It isn't really how we had uh, originally chalked it up and planned it, but on days like this, I'm super thankful for technology. I'm glad it's Sunday, and I'm glad that we can still gather together this morning. You know, a couple of things I want to mention up front. The first thing has to do with our worship team. I'm really excited to share this with you. Last February, a few of our uh, Northwoods songwriters participated in an online songwriting retreat with an organization called Writing Worship. And one goal of the retreat was to create an album of songs that really represented what God is doing in the churches, in churches nationwide. And after the retreat, we were excited to learn that one of our volunteer worship leaders, Corey Andres, co-wrote a song, actually over Zoom, I might add, that was selected to be recorded for the project. And so Corey and two of our staff worship leaders, Alexa and Jacob, got to travel down to Nashville to represent Northwoods Worship as a guest artist on that recording in May. And the song is called You'll Finish What You Started. And this past week, it was released on all streaming platforms. So it's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, Apple Music. And we're excited to share that song with you this morning. There's actually a music video that goes along with it. And so before we get started, I just wanted to show you this. So go ahead, check it out. You'll be blessed by it.
Come on, wasn't that, that was awesome, wasn't it? I love that song. I was so uh, excited to hear it, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And it's a reminder of how incredibly blessed we are to be led in worship every week by our team. Now, again, obviously, it's all about the Lord. They're, they're leading us in worship of the Lord, but it's okay to honor and recognize them for how they lead us every week. And so, church, I just want to say to you, we are blessed and uh, by our worship team and worship team, we are so proud of you uh, for all that, how God is using you. Now, one last thing, I wanna just real quick kind of piggyback on what my brother Nathan mentioned during announcements. Last week, we kicked off our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and here we are on day seven of the fast. Again, keep pushing through, we're one week in, and I just wanna add my voice to what Nathan said. I'd love to have you join us for our night of prayer this coming Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. It's always a sweet time as we gather together as the church to seek the Lord during the fast. And again, you can come all three hours or if you only have a little bit of time, you just come for whatever time you can make it. Come when you can. So that's this Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. The theme for the fast this year is refocus. Refocus. You know, back in December, it was my brother Nathan's birthday. And so to do some things with him, him and I went out and we went out to the shooting range. Nathan's a big outdoorsman, uh, hunter. And so uh, we went out to the shooting range just to go do some target practice and kind of plunk around. So we get into the range and we start shooting and you know, doing target practice. And every time I shoot at the target, it's showing up down and to the left down and to the left every time. Now, I wouldn't really consider myself a marksman, so this, is, this could very well just be me and my issues and not being very skilled. But to make sure it, it wasn't just me, I had Nathan, who is a marksman, take the gun I was using and start shooting with it at the target. And sure enough for him, it was showing up down and to the left. So now we have begun to realize that it's not really user error what needs to happen is the gun needs to be worked on and it needs to be sighted in. And you know, the aim is off. And I share that to say that, you know, it's really a picture, what happened that day in the range is a picture of what can happen in life sometimes. In that sometimes our aim can get off. We can think we're aiming at following Jesus Christ in everything, but in reality be missing the target. And you know, life has a way of pulling us off center. And so there needs to be times, needs to be seasons where we spend time refocusing and getting sighted in on what truly matters. Which again, I wanna take us back to our word of the year, being faithful. What truly matters is being faithful to Jesus and being faithful with everything he entrusts to us. And so during this fast, it's all about getting sighted in, getting our aim right, and getting refocused on Jesus. And to do that, we've been walking through Psalm 23. In the first week, we, you know, we've been looking through the first couple of verses, and we've talked about several realities about God that we find in the first, we're almost through three verses this first week, and we've talked about how he's present, how he's personal, how he's our peace, our provider, our physician. And as a reminder, you can find those devotionals 
in the refocus plan on the Bible app. So if you haven't started, just go ahead, jump in with us. In fact, there's over 6,000 people who have subscribed to that plan and are joining us. So this last week, as I said, we walked through the first two verses of Psalm 23 and part of verse three. And so today, we're gonna pick up where we left off on Saturday and look at the last part of verse three, which says this. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You know, this passage deals with God's guidance. And just like a shepherd leads and guides his sheep, the Lord is the one who leads and guides us. And this is a prominent theme in the Bible. In fact, if you do a cross-reference, kind of do a cross-reference check, you cross-reference this passage with others like it in the Bible, let me just show you a few that come up. I love this one, Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. You know that God delights in every detail of your life. Isaiah 48, 17, I'm the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you, there's the theme of guidance, who directs you in the way you should go. One more, Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I think it's clear, that's just a few, but there's many other places we could go that the Lord loves us and wants to guide us. So question, how many of us this morning, sitting in our homes, wherever we might be listening from, would say, I need guidance? I need guidance. Could have to do with a career, a relationship, a financial decision. Could, could, you could say, hey, I'm a parent and I'm just, I'm really asking the Lord for guidance and how to handle the situation with my children. You know, there's many places that we need guidance. And my guess is whatever the realm, there are probably areas in which we are all seeking the Lord for guidance during this fast. Here's good news, church. The Lord wants to guidance, to guide us. The Lord is our shepherd and as our shepherd, he guides us. And so to unpack God's guidance, what it looks like, how it happens, why he does it, we're gonna break our verse down. It says that he leads me in right paths for his namesakes. He guides me in, his, in right paths for his namesake. We're gonna break our verse down and look at three aspects of guidance this morning. And you know, with this past week with the devotionals, every reality we talked about started with a P, talked about how he's personal, provider, protector, physician, and, and so on. And so I'm just gonna keep going with the letter P this morning. So three aspects of God. We'll talk about the promise of guidance, the path of guidance, and the purpose of guidance. So let's, let's jump into this first aspect, the promise of guidance. Because the passage we're looking at says, he guides me. This is a promise we need to hang on to. Just as the Lord guided King David, so we can say, he guides me. Guidance is a promise from the Lord. And you know, this is a reminder that I needed this week. Near the end of this, this week, I was preparing for today. And sometimes there's just weeks where I'm just struggling. I'm not getting anywhere with 
the message that I'm gonna preach. And I had to get home for a family appointment one day. And so I'm leaving the office saying, I have no idea where I'm gonna take this thing. I hate that this day is over and I have almost nothing and I don't know which direction I'm even gonna go with it tomorrow. And so as I was driving home, I started thinking about that passage and that phrase, he guides me. And I realized right there in the car again, you know what, I need to start by preaching this to myself. And so even though I'm struggling to know the direction right now, I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna stress, I'm gonna trust that just as he says, God will guide me. And so on the drive home, I started preaching to myself. I started saying, I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna stress, I'm not gonna be anxious, I'm gonna trust that the Lord is gonna guide me. I started thanking him, thank you, Lord that you're my guide and guidance from you is a promise. And so I'm gonna rest in that promise instead of being stressed tonight. I'm gonna rest in your promise that you'll guide me. You're a faithful guide and your guidance is a promise. And you know what, maybe you're listening this morning and you're in the same place that I was in just this past week. You're struggling to get maybe clarity on direction you should take and you're worried you're stressed out about it, you're anxious, can I just encourage you right now to start preaching the truth of this scripture to yourself. Declare it. You just say, I'm not gonna worry, I'm not gonna stress, I'm not gonna panic. I'm gonna trust the promise that the shepherd will guide me. He will guide you. And that's a promise you can take straight to the bank and it should encourage our hearts this morning. So his guidance is a promise. But before we leave this aspect, there's one more issue that we need to deal with. And it's the issue of surrendering to his leadership in our life. Because yes, he does promise guidance, but he won't make us follow. He does promise guidance, but he won't make us follow. It's a choice we have to make. And here's what I love Here's, I guess here's what I've found about guidance. We all love the idea of God guiding us, but we might not always love the actual thing. We love the idea, but we might not always love the actual thing. You know, somewhere around fifth grade, my brother Nathan went out for JFL football. And uh, I, I got his permission to share this story. And today, Nathan is built, he's strong. But back then, if you remember Nathan when he was a little guy, he's just a skinny little dude running around in a Batman cape. So he's got the idea that, you know what, football is fun. And so I'm gonna go out for football. So he gets signed up. And Nathan lasted two, maybe three practices before he called it quits. Why? Well, in one of those practices, he got hit so hard. I mean, his bell got rung and it started causing him to rethink his plans. And he started realizing the idea of football sounds great, but actually going out there and getting hit, mm, I'm not sure I wanna keep doing that. See, sometimes we like the idea of something more than the actual thing. And believe it or not, it can be this way when it comes to God's guidance. So yes, it's a great promise that God guides, but if we really want God's guidance, we all need to ask ourselves this question. 
Am I submitted to the Lord's leadership in my life? It's a great question to reflect on this morning. Am I submitted to the Lord's leadership in my life? Now, I'll be honest, I don't like that word, submit. But look back at the passage again. If we look at our passage for today, it says, he guides me. So question, who guides who? He guides me, which means his job is to lead. Our job is to follow. Now listen, I get it. That's, that's hard for us at times. That kind of goes against the grain of, of almost human nature. Sometimes when Michaela and I go hiking with our children, we like to do this when the weather's nicer. Uh, there can be times when our children will all start to argue over who gets to lead because they all want to be the leader. No, I, I want to lead. And in a similar way, I found that this is often true in my own life. I want to be the leader of my own life. I want to call the shots. I don't need someone telling me, you know, someone else telling me what to do. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. I don't even know where that just came from, but <laughs> we all want to be the leader of our own life. But if we want the Lord's guidance, it means we start by submitting and saying, Lord, you're the leader and I'm submitted to your leadership and I'm going to follow you. So there is a promise of guidance. It's encouraging to our hearts, but again, we need to stop and ask, am I submitted to the Lord's leadership in my life? So that's the promise of guidance. That's the first aspect. Now let's talk about the second. This is aspect two, the path of guidance. So it says, he guides me, and now we're talking about the portion where it says, along the right paths. Now I want you to notice, it says right paths. Now this might cause us to ask, okay, well how do I know which path, if I'm making a decision, is the right one? I mean this is a question we're often asking. And I think a place to start, a place we should start is by examining when we're saying, hey, which path is the right one? Is to start by examining the fruit of the path. So the question is, what kind of fruit will this path produce in my life and others? You might even ask right now, what kind of fruit is the path I'm walking, or you might even say, the ways that I'm taking producing in my life? During this fast, this is a question that I've been asking myself about many of my paths or ways. What kind of fruit is being produced in my life? Now, for example, during this fast, I, I find it helpful often, and I, I, I find it helpful to, along with fasting from certain foods, to disconnect from the world. So social media, many of the time-wasting apps I use on my phone, and some of the TV shows I like to watch. And I've been asking the question just this first week, what kind of fruits are these things that I spend time on producing in my life. So let's we talk about a couple things. Let's start with social media. Now again, social media can be used for good things, but I'll say most often for me, the main fruit it is producing in my life is distraction. 
I don't know about you, but almost any time I have a down moment, let's say I'm waiting in line to get a coffee or I'm, uh, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm, I'm waiting in line, sitting at home, walking around somewhere. I, I'll pull out the phone and I'll start scrolling, just get in the phone zone as my sisters call it. And as I've stepped away from it, I have realized how much of a distraction it is. It keeps me from being fully present and keeps me tuning in, keeps me from tuning into what's going on around me and more importantly, what's going on in here. Because I'm always distracted about what's going on in here, on this phone, instead of what's going on in my heart. And so for me, I'm not, again, I'm not saying social media is a bad thing and it should never be used. I'm just saying, that social media for me, I'm beginning to realize, produces the fruit of distraction in my life. Here's another one, news media. Now, again, I'm not saying we should bury our head in the sand. I'm thankful for many people who work in the news arena to help keep us up to date with what's happening. But I have found that for me, too much news media consumption bears the fruit of worry, fear, and anger in my life. Now, I share those two examples not to say we should do away with these things forever. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is we should have healthy parameters. We set on how we utilize them, how much we consume. But I share them, and I share it as an example to, to say to you, this is what it means to examine the fruit of something. So when it comes to a path or a way we're deciding to take that we might feel the Lord guiding us in, it's helpful to ask what kind of fruit will this path bear in my life? Because here's the reality, right paths bear good fruit. Right paths will bear good fruit. So we might ask the question, is this path gonna bring about more peace, more joy, more righteousness in my life? Is this path going to lead me closer to Jesus or further away? In fact, this might be a good question during this fast to just start asking about some of the paths you're walking right now in your life. Some of the ways you're going through life. What are the fruit? What's some of the fruit that's being produced in my life from this path? Because right paths bear good fruit. So in determining if a path is right, we have to, we have to start by examining the fruit. Okay, now, let me just say this. I wanna make sure I touch on this because there might be times when the Lord is leading us somewhere that takes us out of our comfort zone and may seem daunting at first. Might initially take away our peace. That can happen at times. So there will be times where we really need to lean into the Lord and say, Lord, why, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Is this because this is the wrong path or is this just because you're leading me somewhere that's unfamiliar and I just need to lean more in to you? So there might be times where that happens, but again, by and large, right paths will bear good fruit. So if we're determining a path is right, we start by examining the fruit. Now, we've talked about the word right in this aspect. Now, let's talk about the word path. I want you to notice another P word that's not found in this passage, okay? It's the word plan. We see the word path, but not the word plan. And this should be a reminder to us that most often God shows us the path, but not the plan. 
And this is often problematic because we like to know the plan before we walk the path. We say, God, I'll walk the path with you, but first tell me what lies ahead. I wanna know all that you have planned. But as we've talked about many times, that's often not how God works. God often shows us the next step on the path and when we take one step, he reveals the next one. And as we take steps on the path, we begin to see the plan unfold. Now, for some of us, this might make us anxious at times because you know what? We, we like to know the plan in advance. But here's what we need to hang on to. And this has been helpful to me. The word path in Hebrew can mean a wagon track or a firm path. So the picture is one of a well-worn track. When my wife and I first got married and we were living down in Chattanooga, Michaela's parents had a dog. And this dog would run the same track through their yard over and over to the point where it wore a track in the grass. So if you walk out in their yard, you can see exactly, there's this well-worn track in the grass. You can see exactly where the dog had been running. So it was, it, it was really a picture of a track that was well-worn. And this is the idea, the meaning the word path carries. It's a well-worn path, which means Jesus will never lead you somewhere that he hasn't already been. He will never lead you somewhere, never guide you somewhere that he hasn't already been. Which means even if we don't know the plan, we can trust him. We can trust that he knows what he's doing. He's already gone before us and he knows what lies ahead. Now, we're just scratching the surface on, on how to know which path God is leading and on guidance. But if you want more on the topic of God's guidance, I wanna point you back to a series we did a couple of years ago titled Looking for a Sign. You can go back and find it in our archives. There are several messages in that series that'll give you more in-depth, practical, biblical advice on making God-honoring decisions. But we're talking about the different aspects of God's guidance found in this passage of Psalm 23. So we've talked about the promise of guidance. He guides me. We've talked about the path of guidance along the right paths. Now let's talk about the third and final aspect. We'll call it the purpose of guidance. And this is the last portion of that scripture that says, for his name's sake. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. This tells us the Lord guides us, not just for our sake, but for his name's sake, so that he will be glorified when others see what he's done with and in our lives. You know, the NFL playoffs started this weekend and contrary to what you might think, I'm not gonna talk about the Packers right now. One player in the NFL who has an incredible story and has, an, has had an incredible run in the NFL so far is a player named Brock Purdy. He's the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He's a great quarterback and the 49ers have a great team and they may, very well may win it all this year. But Brock Purdy has an incredible story. In 2022, 
he was the very last player taken in the NFL draft. Like, he just barely made it in. He was the 262nd player drafted. Last player drafted. And the NFL has a name for the very last person who gets drafted every year. They get the title, uh, known, it became known as, they become known as Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. That was, that was Brock Purdy's title. But let's just say over the last two years, he's become pretty relevant. He's gone from barely making it to being one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But what I love about Brock is his walk with the Lord. In one interview, he had this to say. He said, every time I step on the field, I want to bring God glory. Even when we lose, I point to God and thank him for the opportunity. It's a game. It's not my life. And it took me a long time to realize this. I used to put football in front of the Lord. I would pray for him to keep me safe and give me a good game. But you know, it isn't really about that. Now I pray that I would make the most of the opportunity he's given me and win or lose, that I would put him first and help others to see God. That's what it's about. See, God's taken him on a journey to places he probably never thought he'd go. And while Brock Purdy's name has gotten elevated and has gotten recognition, what I love about him is that he recognizes at the end of the day, it's not about his name. It's not about Brock's name. It's about God's name. And again, this really goes back to our word for the year that we talked about last week. Faithful. It's not about how important I can be. It's about how faithful I can be. Because when we're faithful to the Lord, he will use our life to bring glory to his name. So when it comes to God's guidance, there's three aspects we see in this passage. There's a promise, he guides me. There's a path along the right paths, and there's a purpose for his name's sake. And so as we close our time this morning, I just felt like it would be a great time, if, a great moment if we close our time with a moment of surrender. A moment where each of us, again, submits and surrenders ourselves afresh to the leading of the Lord in 2024, because he does want to guide us. And so I just want to invite you, wherever you are, this is a holy moment. Make this a moment of surrendering our 2024 afresh to the Lord. And so wherever you are, you might just pray this with me. Let's just, let's just pray together, unite our hearts, and just say, Lord, we submit and surrender our lives afresh to your leadership. We submit our plans, we submit our dreams, we submit every part of our life to your leadership and we give you our entire 2024 and beyond. We submit ourselves and we're surrendered to you. Lord, would you lead us and would you guide us in the right paths and at the end of the day, at the end of this year, I pray as you lead us and you guide us, Lord, that every path we walk 
would bring glory to your name and would point people to your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, it's been so great to be together again this morning. Even if it was through technology, I'm so glad you could join us. Again, we'll have a prayer team available if you need prayer for anything. Hope you have a great Sunday, and we'll look forward to being back in person next Sunday. Have a great day.